My friend, you're here because you want English skills that help you connect with people on a deeper level. So join the free accent training community on school.com today and get some momentum going with your American accent development. Open the link in the description and request to join the free accent training community while spots are available, my friend. Welcome to the Accent Training Podcast, a podcast where I help you harness the potential of your spoken English. My name is Pat, and I'm an accent coach. I coach the American accent. I teach folks from all over the world what changes they can make in their own speech and muscle memory to pick up the kind of sound that Americans have when they're speaking. And in my opinion, once you learn to adjust some of these things to your own speech... It kind of gives you a whole new perspective of the language because now you understand the mouth movements to optimize your spoken English. Now, regarding optimizing your spoken English, something that I've mentioned in the past is how we use the schwa sound. I've made a couple episodes about that. It is the most commonly used sound in the American accent, and getting good at using schwas is going to change your whole language game up. Now, in the previous episode... I chatted about how they can replace any letter, they can be in all different types of words, and they're always getting this unstressed, quick and quiet, uh, flat sort of sound. Well, today I'm going to give you a little bit of direction with that, and we're not only going to talk about the most commonly used sound in spoken English, but we're also going to talk about the most commonly used word. Now, let's take a moment here. If you had to guess, just off the top of your head, what do you suppose is the most commonly used word in spoken English. Don't you don't Google it. Put your phone down if you were picking it up. I know some of you were just reaching for your phones. And I want to know your own opinion. If you just had to guess, if you took a guess without Googling it. All right, I'll tell you. It's the word the. The. The, or sometimes the. Notice how people will sometimes say the... And other times, the. You see, the is the most commonly used word in English. And since it is so common, we reduce it and link it to surrounding words. Other times, it's pronounced with a whole long E on the end. The, the, the entrance, the end. A couple examples there. So we can see here, sometimes it's getting this uh, schwa sound on the ending. Sometimes it's getting an E, the kind of sound on the ending. Now, the trouble is stressing this too often and always pronouncing the or always pronouncing the may make it sound like you're overly stressing your words. It may give you a choppy sort of sound. Well, this is something that we can overcome because the rules between when to use the and when to use the are actually pretty simple. You see, when the word following the starts with a consonant, We make the E on the ending into a schwa, an uh, and we kind of connect it with the following word. Now, I know that a lot of you may struggle with the TH sound, the th, th. And if you do struggle with that TH sound, I invite you to check out episode number 15, because that's where I go over the TH sound, the, the. We've got the tongue between the teeth without making pressure against the top teeth. That's in, 
In short, that's how we make that sound. The tongue's between the teeth, but no pressure on the top teeth. Maybe lightly touching, but no pressure. But now the thing is, when we're getting the or the, 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 what we're going to be focusing on for today is that vowel sound on the ending. You can check out those previous episodes if you want to see that TH sound in depth. Anyway, let's put this to work, folks. The and the. Now, as I said, if the word coming after the starts with a consonant, we're going to make that schwa, uh, sound. And honestly, the quicker and quieter that you can get that schwa in this case, the better. Notice how I just said those two words? The better. The better. You can hardly even hear that that schwa is there. But for now, let's put the schwa there, the better, just to get a feel for it. Oh, and just a reminder, consonants are any letters that aren't vowels. Any letters that aren't vowels are consonant letters. So let's practice some of these short phrases here. Repeat after me. The light. The. The light. Turn the light on. Turn the light on. Notice how I'm getting that the. The. Not a the light, but a the. The light. Flat, quick kind of sound on the ending. Here's another one here. The car. The car. The. The car. The car needs gas. The car needs gas. The. I hope you're repeating that back to me. If you're repeating it back to me, you're letting your muscles, letting your brain adjust to this sound. Here's another one here. The trash. The. The trash. Pick the trash up. Repeat that back. Pick the trash up. So notice how that the, the, we keep on getting it quiet, quick, flat. We're not stretching it out. Pick the trash up. Pick, that is too strong. The, the, quick and quiet, flat sound. Now, as I mentioned, there's this second pronunciation. The, the, very commonly used. Now, you see, this happens if the word after the begins with a vowel. A vowel sound. Then we say e as a long e. You see, this is because it's awkward to link a schwa sound to a word starting with a vowel. For example, if I were to say something like the ocean, the ocean. We're linking the words together. Okay, that's something that we want to do. We want to link the words together, except you can't tell which is which. It all, it sounds too mushed up, the ocean. Sounds like it's all one word. So here's what we want to get here. Instead of the ocean, more the, the ocean, the ocean. Now notice after that E, I am making kind of like a yo, the yo, the ocean. I'm using the Y glide from the E. You may remember Y glides from a few episodes back. And I'm using the Y glide from the E to connect to the O in ocean. The ocean. The ocean. 
swim in the ocean. Let's go for a swim in the ocean. The O. Here's another one here. The exit. The yeah. The exit. Where's the exit? Where's the exit? Again, it's not a the exit, the exit, but the, giving it an e. And why do we give it an e sound? Because exit starts with a vowel. If we were saying the door, where's the door? Where's the door to leave? Where's the door? Then it would be the with a schwa because door starts with a consonant. Exit, eh, exit. Vowel sound, so we're going to make the into the. The exit. Helps us distinguish the words better. Here's one more for you folks. The internet. The internet. Not the internet. The internet, but the internet. The internet. The internet cut out on me. Oh, there's a good phrase. The internet cut out on me. Notice the flap T's in there too. The internet cut out on me. There we have it. Those are the rules for the English language's most commonly used word. There's only two rules to remember. You may have thought that there was only one, that all you really needed to do was pronounce the all the time. But now we can see what the difference is. If the word following the starts with a consonant, we're going to pronounce a schwa on the ending. Uh, the, the, the door, the table, make the bed, the. If the word coming after the starts with a vowel, we're going to make it the, the, the exit, the ocean. The Internet. Or here's a, a famous movie from the 80s, Planet of the Apes. There's actually a new Planet of the Apes, too. It's pretty good. I really like the new one, actually. The new one, New Planet of the Apes. Great movie. Planet of the Apes. Uh, the Apes. Planet of the Apes. It's not Planet of the Apes, the Apes, but Planet of the Apes. So practice that for yourself. Get a good feel for it. Get a good feel for it. Now, you folks know what's coming up next. A couple of idiomatic expressions. I can't, I can't end one of these episodes. I cannot do it without getting a few idiomatic expressions across to you. Because not only do I want to make sure that you know how to say this, I want to make sure that you know when to say it. And I want you to use this in just the same way that native English speakers use it. So here's a phrase to start this out that native speakers do use quite a bit. Under the weather. Under the weather. Now, what does it mean to be under the weather? Well, this is saying that you're not feeling well. You're feeling sick. I'm under the weather today, boss. I can't make it in. I think I, I think I spoke about that in a past episode about calling in sick for work. But here we have it again. Under the weather. I'm under the weather. I can't make it in today. Now here's another one that's a little bit less common. But I like this one. I like the wording of this. And if you folks ever find a way to work this into your daily life, 
Well, it'll impress people with your use of English idioms. The devils in the details. The devils in the details. Practice that with me. Notice the, the devil, the details. The devils in the details. We're not saying the, but the. Now, this is something that you may use in business. Maybe lawyers may use a phrase like this. And it's kind of to say that there may be some sort of hidden agreement when you're signing a contract that's hidden in the details. Sometimes you sign a contract with a bank for a loan or something like that, and it looks great. Looks like you're getting a really good deal. But you want to double-check that. The devil sometimes can be in the details. The things that you're overlooking Maybe what caused you trouble later on. And here's one more idiomatic expression for you folks, and then we're going to wrap this one up for today. It is the words, up in the air. We're up in the air about what to do this weekend. Up in the air. The. Up in the air. Notice, I'm not saying the air, but the. Up in the air. Repeat that back to me. Good stuff. So, up in the air. What's this to say? We're up in the air about what we'll do. This means that a decision has not yet been made. That we're still deciding and debating what the best course of action will be. We're up in the air about what to do. Up in the air. We're making a decision. So there we have it, folks. Three nice little idiomatic expressions for you. And trust me, if you can work those into your daily life, you're going to impress people. Especially if you don't live in an English-speaking country. Imagine that you've got your boss on the line, and you're in a conference call with some Americans, and you're trying to make some sales or close some deals. You're a closer. You know, you're a closer. I know that you're probably a closer. Good for you. You're a closer. And these are... The idioms that closers need to use. And so imagine that you're on this sales call and you start it out and you say, I appreciate uh, having you folks here today. I apologize that one of my colleagues couldn't make it to this call. He was feeling a little under the weather today. And they'll say, oh, well, we wish that he, uh, he recovers soon. We don't want him to be feeling under the weather. That moment alone, being able to just describe your colleague as, sorry he couldn't make it here today, he's a little under the weather. That's something that your boss, who may possibly also be on this call listening, is going to hear and they're going to say, oh, wow, under the weather, I don't even know what that means. The Americans know what it means, and he's going to hear that you're communicating with those Americans just fine, and he's going to say, oh, you know, this is the guy that we need to have communicating with Americans, let's... Let's give him a promotion. Let's get him a brand new laptop. We'll lease him a new Mercedes. Because he's the guy closing deals with the Americans. That's what we want. That's exactly what I'm here for, folks. And so, use what we practice today. Use these idiomatic expressions. Pay a little attention to how you pronounce the word the. Are you saying the? Are you saying the? Both are correct. It just depends on what the following word is. And so practice that for yourself. Is it the or the? Put it into those idioms, get the hang of this, and get yourself that new Mercedes. Well, it's been a pleasure chatting with you folks today. I do got to get going at the moment because, well, you folks know what time it is. 
It's time for me to go cook some dinner tonight. I am making some arepas. This is something my Venezuelan and Colombian friends introduced me to. And once you get introduced to this, it's real tough to live without it. I love arepas, and so I'm going to go make some arepas for dinner right now. Put some beef on that, maybe some avocado, chop up some onions. Oof. I got a nice meal ahead of me. And I'll bet you do too. So you enjoy yours, I'll enjoy mine. It's been a pleasure chatting with you about this topic today. These things are tricky, but that's okay. Making mistakes is a natural part of language learning. And in fact, I encourage you to make mistakes. Because making mistakes means that you're using the things that you're learning. It means that you're using these new skills. And you're just learning how to use them properly. So make mistakes, but be aware of how you can improve. Anyway, thank you very much for listening, and have a good one. I'm opening my doors of enrollment for the month of May. I've got five accent training spots available for five accent learners who want to see predictable progress learning to communicate in English with the same habits, the same patterns, and the same sounds that Americans use naturally. I've got limited space available this month, my friend. So apply right now through the link in the description if it's important for you to learn to speak English in the way that Americans listen for.